This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up To The Point listeners? It's your boy, Cristiano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast. And man, do we have a treat for you today. Oh, I am so excited. This is going to be an episode that you guys have been waiting for for a long time. Why? Because you didn't even know you needed it. But we have a few guests on here. I said a few, not just one, a few that I think you're going to be happy about. So a blast from the past is back as my guest co-host. He was kind enough to put down his Barbies, (laughs) cancel his pedicure to be here. Can anyone take a guess on who it might be? Well, I wish it was Slim Shady, but it's not. I bet you can guess by now. My co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman is back. TP, what's up, my man? Yano, I remember you coming in hot over the last, I don't know, 110 episodes of, of us doing this together, but I just, I wasn't ready for you to come in that hot. And full disclaimer, I would never cancel a pedicure for anyone. So um, <laughs> put down the Barbies. Right? I can see what you're doing there, but no, man, I'm excited to be here and um, excited to have our guest. And man, it's like a... It's a trip down memory lane. It is. Hey, listen, don't be ashamed about playing with Barbies. It's not a big deal. Like, I, I don't want anybody here listening right now to cancel me because I said that. It's not what I meant. I just make fun of his Barbies. Is that good? Is that close? That's, that's the best I got here. So, it, okay. It's good. We can roll with that. Uh, okay, perfect. Well, I want to get to it because our guest is somebody that you and I ironically met. We were just talking pre-podcast back in 2019 <laughs> at Sleepaway Camp. We did. Uh in the hills of North Georgia. If that sounds weird, it's because it kind of does sound weird when you put it like that. But it was a really, really cool event that we went to as an executive team. And it was like one part sleepaway camp, one part uh, like conference. Mastermind. With a, a mastermind, yeah. one part physical, like running the obstacles. It was it was pretty intense. and It was a, a really neat event. And our guest, we met him for the first time there. And, uh, and he was, it was, such a cool uh, presentation and it got me really thinking and I thought, wow, maybe cool to have him on. And we probably went back and forth a few times before I've actually got him on. I almost had him come in and speak at one of our events. And so but you forgot. So, but I forgot. This is exactly why I need. <laughs> this is why we're here. here. So number one, Nelson Dallas, welcome to the podcast. Oh man, I'm excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. That event was uh, so much fun. You forgot that there was also part concert. Run DMC put on That's a show. Right. Nice. That was. That's, I could Did you stick around for that? Yeah, you did, there yeah. at the, okay, good. Yeah, they're oh, like, you stuck around for the concert. I see what it is. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. cool because yeah, Run DMC was there playing. That was a pr- pretty cool gig, a little private concert. So, yeah. so I want to give some accolades on this guy, man, because he he's a beast. So, the first thing is, well, one, what's interesting about this, you know, the, the universe really worked in our favor right now. Um, just how all this thing kind of came together because I legit just asked Tall Paul to join me today. Several this morning. Yeah. And uh, so Nelson, you know, even though he's sitting down, you can't tell his podcast is like six, six, aren't you like six, six? Yep. So, so ironically, that's only an inch smaller than tall Paul. Ter- terrible memory. And again, I'm glad you're here. I am six, eight. I Two identify inches. most of my life as six, nine, 
but I'm a firm six eight. We're not. I'm not moving off of that. So he's six seven. He's he's getting older and he's shrinking, which you know is, that is pretty. That is <laughs> Six nine is the official height where you have to walk through under doorways. That is right. right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah, the residential door frame is six foot eight. That's absolutely correct. And I have plenty of nicks and bruises on the top of my head to to wow. validate that. This is really good, guys. This is really good. So now let's get to the more important thing, other than having a couple twin towers that are both sitting down, is Nelson is a five-time U.S. memory champion. Five times you decided that one, two, three, four wasn't good enough. You're like, fuck it. Let's go for a fifth. I mean, basically it was exactly <laughs> that thought. I mean, there, there's a reason why we can talk about that later, but okay. yeah, kind of. Okay, cool. So I want to go through a little bit more of this too, because I got to understand like first half, like why the heck does anybody want to do that? I grew up wanting to be a football player. You, did you really want to go be, grow up and be a memory champion? My guess is not. That probably came along later, but I'm excited to get into that part of your story. <laughs> Um, one thing I think is very cool, man, is a, uh, I'm a big philanthropic guy. I love giving back. And you are the founder and CEO of Climb for Memory, which is a nonprofit charity that's supporting uh, for Alzheimer's, I believe it is for, and, and you're basically climbing mountains all over the world, like Everest, what, three times or something like that? And then Kilimanjaro, yeah. like a bunch mm -hmm. of stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's super cool. Well, good for you for, for, for doing that and then using your platform to help serve that. So I commend you on that. Um, so I'm going to go through a couple of just some of the shows that you were featured on too with Netflix documentary, Memory Games, uh, Fox's Superhumans, Brain Games, The Today Show, Katie Couric Show, CNN, ABC, The Dr. Oz Show, Science Channel, National Geographic. That's Paul watches it for different stuff. Right. And then Super Brain. <laughs> China. I fell for but that you also one. Had, yeah. You also have two books. Yes. You also have two books. Now, the first one is Remember It. The names of the names of people that you meet, all your passwords. Please help me remember that one. Uh, where you left your keys and everything else, you tend to forget. I think that was like 2018. I think you got so. It. Yep. And then the kids' book, which is super cool. Uh, Memory superpowers: An adventurous guide to remembering what you don't want to forget, which was just uh, 2020 or so. So just a few years back. Did I get those right? Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Cool. So hey, you've done some things. Sure. Yeah. Congratulations, man. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So I'm excited because the whole, um, like the whole memorization thing is really intriguing to me and it's applicable to everyone, everyone, yeah, literally exactly. everyone. And I, and I, uh, my wife would agree that I have a, a, a terrible memory. Um, and it seems as if hers is impeccable because when we have a disagreement, she <laughs> tends to remember every date, time and what the incident was and knows that I do not remember those things and then uses it against me. I'm sure somebody on here listening right now can completely relate. That's exceptional uh, memory power there. So, but I wonder if she just makes shit up knowing I'm not going to remember too and just says and like, and then we'll talks her way through it. But I love the, the conversation around memory and having a better memory and how to get better and learning some of the tactics. And I just like, I remember just scratching the surface on how to do it, like the memory palace and like using the different things and then um, yep. things that I've heard or learned along the way. So I'm legit excited about it. Everyone listening right now can take something away from this show. So what I want to do um, to kind of start this thing off is just talk about um, like you, you how, why, like, why did you even go down this path? Like, how does one become a, a memory champion? Yeah. I mean, you said, uh, you know, I wanted to be this when I was a kid. 
I would, you know, like as I grew up, but that's not the case at all. I, I, I like anybody out there. I didn't know that this was even a career path or uh, whatever you call it. Um, but you know, over time, I realized that you know memory is important, and I got stuck down this rabbit hole of how can one improve their memory. And I stumbled stumbled upon this championship that existed. And I'm a very competitive guy. I wanted to see if I could, you know, compete. Uh, if I if I trained a little bit, and uh, I got hooked on the whole thing, and uh, the reason I started getting interested in it was because of my grandmother. Who? How um, old were you at that time? This uh, about twenty four. Okay, twenty four, twenty five. Yep. Got it. So I had just taken a year off uh, grad school to follow a girl to Chicago, and uh, <laughs> couldn't find a job. Uh, so I was stuck in a really expensive apartment with her that I couldn't afford. She was a trust fund baby, so it wasn't very fair. It was a stupid move, but I had an audio book on memory techniques and I was walking to, I did eventually get a job at a bar, uh, which was an awesome experience at that age. And I would just, I would memorize the drink orders with my newfound techniques and the the menus and stuff. And that actually secured me to the job because it was tough to find a job at that time. It was like just the start of the recession. And um, I impressed the, the, the manager who hired me by memorizing stuff on the spot. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that's, that's where it started. Um, and like I said, my grandmother had Alzheimer's. She had just passed away a year before from the disease. And that's what kind of kickstarted my, um, deep dive into books about the brain and memory and subsequently learning about these championships. Yeah. And now you have a full on career in this and yeah, all this wow. world. And it's, it's incredible. I, like I said, when I was, Anytime I have uh, bring on a guest, what I try to do is do a full on deep dive and trying to find as many things as I can. And um, I listen to so many of the, the, you have so many videos, like you have a ton of video content. Um, And I was watching a bunch of it and learning a bunch of different things. But, and then I started to go, uh, go towards things that I'm like, well, what can I actually use for myself? Um, And you had one that I think it was on like remembering um, how to help remember names um, or something along those lines on how to help, um, you know, when you first meet somebody like this happens, I think pretty often, I know for a fact it happens, uh, like what my wife talks to me about this, cause I have to do it for her is where <clears throat> I've always been really, really good at m- remembering names when I meet somebody and faces. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't know what it, what it is other than the fact that I think because I, I'm a sales brain, my sit my brain goes to, I got to make sure when I meet this person, I remember their name and I remember yeah. their face. And so that way, when I see them again and I say, oh, hey, what's up, Jim? Like, I know I'm going to make them feel good that I remembered their name and that opens up oppor- potential opportunity for me. So I've always yeah. kind of been in that mindset, but that's not the majority. I don't think, I think you people no. walk up to them and you're starting to think like, what are they thinking about me? And like, you think about all this other stuff, but remembering names is a big deal is a big oh, yeah. deal. Like, you know, so, but, um, you know, h- how do you like, let's start with the simplest thing. It, how to, how can our listeners, how can me, how can, or how can tell Paul, how can anybody listening to these things? Like, fi- how can you fix that? So that way, when you go up and you meet somebody, you're not immediately forgetting their name. There's yeah. gotta be a tactic, right? And you're going to, we're going to, oh, yeah. you're going to get us in there. Yeah. There's a few things. Uh, you started mentioning that and that is being present and realizing how important a name is. Okay. Or the, the more generally the information that you're about to learn. Um, that alone is 
so powerful. And it's a starting block for any memory technique is focus and paying attention and being present. Um, it's a thing that people have trouble with in 2023, um, you know, with our heads buried in our phones, everything's on our phone, our heads are down. Um, you know, and even if we're about to meet someone and we feel the phone vibrate in our pocket, you know, like it's constantly just like poking us right. Uh, to to divert our attention. So, um, the first thing you want to do is learn how to master that. There's, there could be a whole podcast on that, a whole book on that. Um, you know, but one of the tips that I try to give is especially in the name learning, um, area when you're about to meet somebody, you know, if you can just tell yourself kind of a mantra, um, and all that means is just say something over and over in your head, um, so that it's the only thing you can think about, which is, you know, what is this person's name? I need to know this person's name, right? If you can just say that to yourself as you're about to go in to shake hands, there's no room for anything else to come in there. So mm-hmm. you'll be focused on that. And even if that's the only thing you do, I guarantee you, you'll see improvements in interaction you're about to have and the names that the name or names that you're about to receive. Um, so starting with that, I think is key. Um, the second part is, well, how do you remember to do that? Okay. So, you know, that's one thing I think if you get into memory techniques, you learn about them and you start playing around with them, you start to realize how well they work. And maybe the narrative that most people tend to have or used to have is that they have a bad memory and that's just who they are, right? This kind of, um, negative thought about their own own beliefs about their, their, their mental capacity. And the more you just live with that, the more it becomes true, right? So if you go into a situation with learning names or you're about to meet someone um, and that's what you think, then yeah, you've already shot yourself in the foot. Why would you even think to come up with a mantra and do all that jazz? Right. Um, But but when you learn these techniques um, and we'll talk more about them later, the more in depth, they're actually fun to do. They're kind of inviting you know, cause memory doesn't really get a good rap. It's not like, Oh, I'm going to go memorize something. That sounds so much fun. Um, but when you use the techniques, uh, it actually is a lot of fun, which is why I do it every day. And I love doing it. Um, so when you can start to practice this and see the improvements, you start to rewrite what you think about your own memory and you kind of get addicted to it and you kind of want to prove things to yourself so that it becomes more of your life. And every instance where you're being bombarded by information, whether it be a name or a phone number or, you know, a list of grocery items um, or to-do lists, you're now thinking about it differently through this lens of, okay, I can memorize this. How am I going to do it? How's the fun? What's the fun tactic I'm going to use this time? And um, that's really where the change happens, um, where it isn't something you have to remember because it's now how you just think, you know, you're rewiring how you think about information. I'm sorry. Yeah, it becomes autopilot. Exactly. I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I want to be careful with that, though. I'm not saying you automatically memorize anything. It's not like we're tape recorders. Um, us memory athletes, we still have to try, but our trying is a lot more automatic. You know. Got it. Got it. What are you going to say, Paul? You mentioned mental capacity, and I want to go back to that. Like I'm envisioning human beings beings like iPhones. Like some are 16 gigs, some are 164. Like <laughs> as you work with people, do you see patterns in people's capacity, or is that pretty much universal. I'd say, I mean, as a species, we're all pretty much the same. There are outliers, right? But um, I think in general, we're all capable of the same things. Um, I think if I go back to what the main limiting factor might be, 
Um, of, of course, age comes into play, you know, a young kid who's sharp uh, and can think quickly versus an aging senior. Of course, Chris. there may be exceptions to that, but in general, they're going to be thinking slower, right? Just like they're going to be moving slower. You're not going to go sprinting right. an 80 year old versus a 25 year old. Um, it, not in all cases, um, but <laughs> mostly the 25 year old will win hands down, you know? Um, so, yeah. So it's it, the, the, I'd say the main thing that kind of stops people is the self-belief really, you know, it's, it's funny. I did, this was so embarrassing for me. You know, usually I do a demonstration on a show or whatever. I, I show them how to memorize something and usually it goes fine. You know, some people are a bit scared to do it live because if they fail, that's the worst feeling to forget something and put on the spot, you know, yep. but I was with the guy from the office. Um, it was, it was a charity event and it was, um, Creed, you know, Creed from the office. <laughs> He's the old creepy guy that says an inappropriate comment every so often. Yep. Right? Oh yeah. Yep. Super nice guy. Amazing in person. So funny. And he was sitting with us for a while and I was going to show him how to memorize part of a deck of cards. And halfway through, he just, he said, I got to stop. I, I can't do this. Um, uh, and I could see in his eyes just the fear of life, you know, being an older gentleman, you know, kind of what goes with that. And like, oh, he's losing his memory. Like, what if I, you know, I could see him thinking that. And that, I, I'm 100% certain that that was the reason why he couldn't do it, you know, not because the technique doesn't work, but because he just already convinced himself that he couldn't do it, you know? Talked himself out of it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the worst part was he's like, we can edit this out, right? And it was live, so we <laughs> of cannot. course, of course, we can. <laughs> so um, it was even worse for him that he did that. He should have, he should have just like pinched me or give me a, like a little <laughs> thing. Like, listen, can we mix? Yeah, so whatever. Kick me, kick me. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Uh, I've got a question about the concept of like information arbitrage, and I'm going to frame it this way. So imagine you, Nelson, you were born in the 1800s, obviously pre-iPhone. Um, you know a certain limited amount of people. And you honestly, in the 1800s, you have to remember fewer things. You've met way fewer people. You're not sure. flying around and going places versus Nelson now. Would you be a better memory athlete without oh, that technology? Was very nice, Paul. That was very nice, Paul. Or with technology? Or are is it challenging, more challenging now because we have so much more junk filing into our brains, information that we've never had to file away? And I want to talk about the filing system later, but would you be yeah. a six-time champion in the 1800s? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, I've never been asked it before, but I would say I'd be a better uh, champion back then. Um, yeah, yeah of course it's, 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 it's so challenging to manage all the dings and blips and emails and notifications that, and, and just like constant barrage of information and the feeling that you are expected to be on top of it, you know? 
Um, not necessarily that you have to memorize it all, but that you just need to be current in everything that's happening on that front. Um, you know, and people do these detoxes and stuff and it's like life changing, right? Because you remove this whole like weight on you. Um, but yeah, from, from a a memory point of view, not that you're trying to memorize it all, but you know, you kind of want to, and, and I think our inclination is to, hope that it all just sticks. So there is some expectation of it to, to be memorized, you know, a little bit. So, you know, less information hitting you all the time, I guess that would alleviate some of that pressure for sure. And memory is, is highly affected by stress. Um, I can't say that enough. So if you live in a very stressful kind of civilization, um, which we do, um, you know, that's going to affect your memory across the board. Got it. I, um, I remember seeing a uh, a video talking about your headphones. Oh yeah, um, like the I think they're the my competition ones. Yeah, is it, yeah, yeah, those. Um, and my my assumption is is that obviously makes things very quiet for you, so you can so you can focus right to cut out those distractions. Is that those seem incredibly important to you? Obviously, those must be like you got to have that yeah. superstition or something in there. You're using that thing. Yeah. yeah. So there's a bit of superstition at this point. You know, those are the ones I bought when I first started this journey and they mean something. Uh, if I were to lose them, I would panic. I could buy a replacement, but it wouldn't be the same. Um, they, they don't, they're not like, they're like, they're called ear defenders. It's the same stuff that like a guy with a jackhammer might wear. Um, you know, it, it doesn't make you completely silent to the entire world, but it muffles it um, quite significantly. So you can still hear, it's just very, dull on this kind of like one tone. Um, and yeah, it's, it's designed to kind of get me into my headspace before I focus on something and to eliminate, you know, in a competition setting, everybody, even the audience is expected to be silent. So you can hear a pin drop, you know, and if a pin does drop, you hear it and it's a, it's a, it's a distraction, right? So we're trying to fly through these cards and numbers every second counts. So any pin drop that actually would happen, you know, you'd be diverted, to that for a split second, your, your perception would, would focus on that even for a millisecond. And that's already, you know, lost uh, information that you could have memorized, you know? So um, that's why a lot of us will wear that. I do train sometimes without it though, just because I don't always like to have that crutch because if I'm not competing, um, then the real world isn't quiet. So I need to be able to memorize when that's it's good. noisy as well. So um, I'll do a bit of both. I don't, I don't know that I could ever go to that tournament just so you know, um, cause I have Quite a hard time <laughs> staying yeah, quiet. Yeah. You cannot <laughs> um, move. Yeah. But when you said that, so we have here at the company that, um, that I, I own Rhino strategic solutions, we have, I think four deaf employees and okay. they would talk about their parties they go to. So you walk into the party and they no, there's no music cause you can't hear it. It's just yeah, a, everybody signing to each other. So I'm like, I don't even want to go to that party. <laughs> I don't want to go to that party unless they play the music for the one here, which is what they'll call me is because I can hear. Yeah. Um, I thought I, I before I went to a bar once on like a first date and it was oddly quiet. And it was, it was like a, it was a get together for deaf people. So nobody was talking except us. And we, we just couldn't fathom like what the situation was. But I always thought to myself, like, <laughs> Imagine there was like a warehouse, not a warehouse, like a giant uh, room of say a thousand people signing, right? Just like 
doing whatever yeah. they do. Oh yeah. How how much sound would that what would that sound like? Right. It's got to sound like something, just like a bunch <laughs> of like shuffling. Right. It's got to be pretty loud. I don't know. I always thought about um, that, how weird that would be that a room full of thousand deaf people signing would actually be pretty loud. Well, I've never thought about that until Chris just will, now. So Chris thanks will set it up. So thanks for giving him the idea. <laughs> I can make that happen. That'd be weird. I can do it. Um, okay. Well, that was interesting conversation. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm going to take a step back before I go into this next question though, because yeah. I just want to kind of uh, reiterate the whole like remembering names thing. Yeah. Um, because I think when I, when I think about why I've been so intentional with it, I mean, their names is I also am a very empathetic person and I don't want somebody to feel bad that I forgot their name. So I use kind of a, a two, you know, two things as my motivator to remember somebody's name. And I don't get it right all the, all the time, but like 90% of the time I remember the names. Um, and, um, and if I, if I don't remember the name, say I don't see, uh, you know, I don't see them for four or five years, but I see their face, I'll recognize their face yeah. and I won't forget the, and I'll forget the name. But you said focus, pay attention, and, and be present. I believe are the three like things that you were talking about, kind of in that you know in that to, moment to kick it off to start. Yeah, yeah, to yeah kick that, it off. Right. That, I want to hear yeah. the the next level because this is this part. is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. sorry. Go ahead. You can finish. That's here. where I want to go. So okay. we can go ahead and segue right in. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot to keep in mind as I tell you the steps to 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 remember someone's name. Um, and, you know, in real life, when you're thrown into a situation where you're introduced to someone or you bump into someone and you exchange names, you know, that's why practice comes in. You got to practice doing these techniques and learning how to memorize names quickly so that when you go into these real life situations, it's not so like, oh, shoot, what are the steps Nelson told me? Oh, damn, I'm in the middle of a conversation. Oh, I forgot it, you know. Um, so imagine what I'm telling you is kind of like after practice, this automatic um process that happens yeah. quickly. Right. Um, so the first is, you know, you're present, you're, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm, I'm going into learn this name. This is all that matters right now. Kind of tune out everything else, focus on this person. They, their name is so valuable to me. Okay. I'm not leaving this conversation until I know this person's name and that I really know it. All right. So then the second step is you start to kind of do the basics of what memory techniques are all about. And I always distill it down to these three steps, which is one, to visualize. So whatever you're trying to memorize the information, you want to try to turn it into a mental picture that you can visualize. The second step is what do you do with that image? Where, where does it go, right? And that's, I think, the biggest problem people have is when they try to memorize, whether they use a trick or not, they're just thinking about it. It's not like they place it somewhere specific in the, the, the structure of their, their brain. Um, and that's the problem. Cause when you go to look for it, you don't know where it is. This brain is like very complicated. Yeah. You can't find the file, right? You didn't put it in a folder with a <laughs> file name that is easy to look up. Right. It's just kind of floating on your hard drive somewhere, yep. somewhere. Right. Can Everything. you imagine if you save, whenever you save a document on your computer, you didn't even name it or tell the, what folder it's in. <laughs> It's just a giant <laughs> junk drawer between my ears. Yeah, just that's exactly what it is. So Google Drive. We need to make that like a file cabinet, right? With color coded tabs, neatly organized, alphabetical, whatever, um, so that when you want to find something, it's easy to pull out. Um, so the next step, like I said, is it's storage. It's how you organize the information. Okay, and then the final step is review. All right. So however long you want to keep that information rests on that third step, which is the review. You know, if you want to, and this is just how our brains work. There's no way around this, unfortunately. If you want to keep things forever, you have to review them a lot at the beginning, and then you can taper off over time. But um, 
you know, if you just want it for a few minutes, then maybe you don't need to review, right? You can just learn it with a memory technique. It'll stay there for a little bit and then it just offloads naturally um, because we forget. That's what our brains do. Um, they're designed to forget most things. Um, so anyways, how do we do that with a name? So when we're meeting a person for the first time, we need a place to store the name. So usually what I'll do is as I'm looking at the person, I usually look at a person when I'm about to meet them. Um, I'm deciding what a unique feature is on the person's face. Um, so, you know, this with a bit of discretion, um, you know, sometimes it's maybe a flattering feature. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not even that special. It's just like a little, you know, like crease in their eye or something, um, that you just see, you know, it's neutral, whatever. Let's um, choose Chris's prepubescent maybe. beard. <laughs> Maybe, maybe sure. use Paul's nose or receding hairline. <laughs> Chris's butt <Yeah>. chin. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, and, and, and this can be, be a challenge sometimes. You know, some people have very plain faces. Some people have maybe very striking faces, um, whether that's good or bad. Um, so, you know, you kind of get through practice better at just grabbing. It's the first thing you notice. Um, and that's your location. That's the thing that's going to, you're going to anchor the image for their name to, because next time you see this person, you're going to see their face. So the face will have the name attached to it. Um, and help you remember that, you know? So when it comes to picture, picking the feature, the next step is to hear the name. And when you have the name, you need to process it and turn it into some kind of visual image in your mind. All right. And that can be done by, association to something that the name reminds you of. Like maybe, you know, a person with that name that you can think of, or it sounds like something else, like a noun or a country, or uh, it rhymes with a song tall lyric Paul. or something like that. Yeah. Tall Paul is a great one, right? <laughs> it works. Provided that he's tall. Six, seven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Provided he's tall, yeah. Um, anyway, so, so you come up with that picture and then the kind of crucial step is to combine the two. So take that image and somehow smash it together with that feature in your mind. Okay. Um, and then finally, once you've done that process, the review is important. And with names, there's some kind of creative ways to do that. Um, in the moment, it's like, use their name. You know, so if I just met you, Paul, I, you know, and I, we said, oh, Paul, hi, I'm Nelson. Nice to meet you. I'd be like, so Paul, you know, tell me about, you know, where you grew up or if I'm next to somebody else and I want to introduce you, I'd be like, have you met, you know, this is Paul. Have you met him? Uh, or Paul, can I, I'm going to, I'll be right back, you know, something like that, right? Where you just use it and just reaffirm that you know what it is. Yep. Um, what I'll often do as well is before I leave a situation, whether it's a, an event, a party, uh, an interview, um, I'll mentally scan the room and just recite to myself the names that I learned, mm -hmm. right? To make sure I have them. And if I don't, and if I can, I'll go back and ask the person again. I really have no shame in asking <laughs> multiple times for the name this is super important because some people get kind of shy or embarrassed sure. that they didn't pick up the name the first time. Right. Moments but it's more embarrassing after. that, yeah, you have <laughs> kind of a window, you know, and, and I think it's okay as long as it's in like the same event or, or time space to yeah. ask for it unlimited times. Right. Even the more times you ask for it, it almost becomes more of a focus and maybe the person is like, wow, okay. This is annoying that they're asking me for my name like five times already, but at least they really want to know my name, you know? That's a nice feeling to have. It's more embarrassing if three weeks from then you've been in front of this person day in, day out, and 
you still don't know their name and then you're going to ask three weeks later. Yeah. That's kind of past. That's a bit insulting. <laughs> so, um, so coming up with a feature, coming up with a picture, smashing them together, having them interact somehow in some very uh, memorable way, and then using the name or reviewing it in some way after that should secure it in. Got it. So I remember doing this exercise with you um, at that at that event, which was pretty funny because I can't remember who you used, but it's stressful, going- man, because I don't want to <laughs> hurt anybody's feelings. You, know? you used a woman, Annette, and here's what you did, and I remember this. Um, you pictured a net and you pictured like some sort of fish that was like, and this is where it turned dark and you got everybody's attention. <laughs> you were like some sort of fish being pulled out of the sea, but its face is melting off into the ocean and there's nothing, but it, it was like really, really graphic. But I remember. Yeah, I, I go that you don't have to go there all the time. It could be more humorous <laughs> or, um, you know, just a little out of the ordinary. You don't have to go very dark and grotesque. But that, but that works for you, though. It works for me. Yeah. yeah. I explode yeah. stuff. I like rip things in half and things hit each other. And that's just, it's just the way it works for me. It's very impactful. Yeah. Uh, my images. So um, anything that's grotesque, sexual, humorous, exaggerated, um, or personalized having to do with yourself, if you want to be, you know, we're all narcissists. So <laughs> at some levels, we remember <laughs> things that have to do with us because it's important, right? If, if yeah. something about me is happening, I'm going to remember it because it has to do with me. So right. if you can kind of turn the image into those kind of um, avenues, it's going to stick a lot more because it's it's the stuff that we memorize. You know, if you saw something graphic happen, you're never you like happen on the street. You know, somebody gets hit by a car. Like you cannot forget that. That right. sticks with you, unfortunately, right? But on the flip side, like if you saw something beautiful and amazing, like the most striking sunset you've ever seen in your life, right? That's hard to forget, right? Or your first kiss, your first child being born, you know? Like if you can, obviously you can't emulate that exact feeling, but if you can get close to those kind of striking emotional moments, um, you're on your way to remembering better. Got it. I have so many questions, Chris. I have like a list of 10. Well, narrow it down. (laughs) So um, I have questions about competitions and then I want to talk about... um, kind of use cases for coaching and things like that. Like what problems are people trying to solve? But when uh, talk about competitions and what are some of the complex things that you were competing to memorize? Yeah. So the competitions are super fun. Um, There are different styles of competitions depending on which country you're competing in, but in general, they'll test you on things that are randomized so that nobody has like an edge, right? Because if people would be like, Hey, can you remember, let's test you on the countries and capitals. Well, Maybe you're just a geography whiz and you've studied it your whole life. That's not fair. So yep. they have things that are randomized and 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 ideally not um, uh, difficult to do across different languages. Um, so they'll have you memorize numbers, playing cards, um, random blobs. Um, they do do names and faces, but usually at international competitions, it's a mixture of international names. So you might get you know, a very white person like me with, you know, say an Asian first name, like a Chinese first name and like a really long Swedish last name. Right. So they mix it up, man. And it's, it's tough. And everybody <laughs> has to deal with that. Right. Cause if I see a Bob to me, that's easy. But to someone who's from like Shanghai has never set foot in America or met an American person, Bob is maybe a difficult name, you know, because what is Bob? Right. Um, versus the flip side. If I met a Chinese person, um, who had a very difficult Chinese name in my eyes, um, that might be easy for a Chinese person, right? 
Exactly. Um, so names, what else? We do lists of words and you can do that in your, your home language. Um, uh, there's poetry sometimes. Anyways, so there's a bunch of categories and it's all timed. You know, sometimes it's one minute, sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's an hour. And it's how much you can memorize in that time frame accurately. So after the time frame is done, you usually on paper have to, you know, spit out the information um, with as few errors or without any at all um, as possible. And you get points for that. Overall, the, uh, the different disciplines, who has the most points is crowned the champ usually. What does world-class performance look like in a competition like that? Like you're remembering a hundred names or what yeah, is that? Yeah. So with cards, playing cards, uh, the top is 12 seconds, just a little over 12 seconds to memorize the entire deck. For the entire deck to. in sequence. Yep. 12 seconds. Yeah. So you wow. have 12 seconds to, um, to well, study it or 12, have 12 seconds? seconds. You have five minutes. Um, okay. but you know, people have chipped away at the time needed. So the elite for a while, you know, this was years ago, broke a minute. It was like a huge deal. Then they chipped away at it. And then somebody was getting under 30 seconds. It was like, holy shit, how are people doing 30 seconds? And then it was 20 seconds. And now we're approaching like this 10 second mark. You know, it's like the four minute mile. Um, you know, nobody could do it. If there's like this barrier, then someone breaks it. And then the floodgates come in and everybody else is aiming and doing that. So for cards, it's like 12 seconds for numbers. You get five minutes and people do, um, I think the record's like 600 and something digits. So you get, you how know? much time do you get to study the, the set or the, what's the methodology here? Yeah. So the only one where you can do it as fast as you can is the cards. The rest have a fixed time frame, and it's how much you can cover. Mm -hmm. I guess it's because the deck of cards is a fixed size. It's always 52. So um, you can't really extend how many cards you have unless you're doing multiple packs or something. But um, most of them either have like a five minute time frame, like for the, for the numbers um, or 15 minutes is pretty common for like lists of words and the names. Um, so in five minutes, like I said, about 600, 700 digits is, is, is the record for names. Um, I have the U S record still, which was 235 names. Um, nice. But that's American names. Uh, the international names record is about 200 or something like that. I don't have that record. Wow. Um, and and then, you're just seeing a list of names and then told to recite them. Well, no, you, you get a face, a random face, oh. uh, <clears throat> headshot of somebody. Um, and then there's a first and last name. And then you just spend 15 minutes studying them all. And then, yep. then after 15 minutes are up, you get uh, all the headshots, but they're randomized in order. And then you have to write the names you remember, you know. Um, yeah. I met, I met, like, what started this whole thing was um, I had listened to a, a competitor of yours, one that you have done better than, <laughs> Ron White, um, yeah. at an event he was speaking at. And I think you did, I think I read you did this, you do, you do something similar, but where you can, you know, if you, you got this room that you're speaking to, cause you also do keynotes yeah. um, and you can, you'd kind of walk around and maybe memorize, say like the first, you know, a few rows of people or whatever, maybe names or numbers or something like that. And then you kind of go back up there and then recite it. Yeah. Um, and, and that gets everybody's attention, right? Cause it's like, holy shit. He just remembered all, like all he did was walk around, remember the names and like, then they went back up and recited it. Um, that whole process is super cool. And it's cool for everybody sitting in that room to kind of see like what, what's possible. And it was in yep. such a short amount of time. So I love like that opening, like that seems really, really cool. 
Doesn't people yeah, want to know how the hell did you do so, that? Yeah, um, the names one is common. I know Ron almost does it every time. I, I change it up a little bit. Um, the thing with the names is you have to obviously learn their names. So if there's like some kind of schmoozing event, some cocktail before or breakfast, um, that's your chance to go around and work the room. Um, Ron's a little more social than I am. So I think it's easier <laughs> for him to like actually meet the people um, and have conversations. I'm a bit more awkward because I'm going to be like, hi, nice to meet you. What's your name? And then I move on. You know, that's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, if nobody knows what I'm doing. Um, so I definitely have done it. Um, but, you know, it's basically working the room and applying the technique that we just talked about um, just quickly. Yeah. And uh, I try to get the whole room not just the front row because um, the impact is cool because when you go around introducing yourself, nobody's thinking like, Oh, this guy's memorizing names. And I don't announce that. Um, and then later when I'm on stage, usually the first thing I say is, Hey, if I met you stand up and then the whole room stands up. Right. It's like, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's 50 people, sometimes it's 120 people. And man, that, that is the effect that I'm going for because people look around the room and they see with their own eyes, what a hundred things is, you know, mm -hmm. it's like everybody's standing. It's, it's a lot. And then when I start to just say, like, if I say your name, sit down, it's just like, bam, bam, bam. Everybody's sitting down, just like nailing these names. It's such an impressive um, feat. And I think people see that and they're like, wow, if I could do that, what would that do to my business, you know, Absolutely. or to my life? Um, so yeah, it's definitely yeah. a cool demonstration. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry, I got to stop it. Sorry, I have to stop it. You're going to have to wait. Actually, you're going to have to remember to check back in next week for part two. So that way you can continue to train the brain to win the game. Until next week, we'll see you. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.